Good morning and good afternoon. My name is Jacob Catalano, and welcome to another episode of Admins of Tomorrow. For new admins joining the Salesforce ecosystem, there is a ton to learn and just as much to really be proficient in so that you can be successful and have a long-lasting career. For these new admins, we see the terms AI plus data plus CRM on Salesforce commercials and in other mediums. Well, we've already in the last few episodes talked about AI and how new admins should be thinking about using AI, whether you're an admin, a developer, or a marketer. And we've already talked a lot about just generally being an admin for the core sales cloud. But what we haven't really dove too much in is the layer that's probably the most important piece to connect all of this together, data. So that's why this week we want to talk about demystifying data cloud. Finding ways for the new admin to feel more comfortable, one, talking about this subject, but also finding ways outside of Trailhead to become wildly successful. So that's why this week we've brought in Salesforce MVP and marketing champion, Pato Sapir. I've had the pleasure of knowing Pato for quite some time now and being able to see him speak on marketing cloud and data cloud. And the one thing that I've loved hearing him talk the most about is how he got started. It's so fascinating to hear the story of how someone goes from developer to project manager to data cloud admin and also start his own business. I'm really excited to have us take the time today and talk through Pato's story. So without further ado, let's meet Pato. So without further ado, let's meet Pato. Pato Sapir is the founder and senior solutions consultant at Devs United, a Salesforce partner specialized in providing digital marketing solutions powered by Salesforce. Pato started his career in software development more than 15 years ago in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and moved to Cleveland, Ohio in 2009. His journey with Salesforce started in 2012 as a technical architect working with Exact Target, now known as Salesforce Marketing Cloud Engagement. And in 2015, Pato decided to start his own business. Pato's passion is to help his team and clients to solve impossible challenges and to share his experiences with the marketing cloud community. So let's not waste any more time and dive on in. Well, I really appreciate you, though, for taking the time. Um, Everyone's schedules at the start of the year are absolutely insane. And so just taking an hour, hour and a half out of your day to sit down and talk through this very complex topic is much appreciated. So today I want us to dive into a little bit of the title of the episode. There's no spoilers here. Demystifying Data Cloud. Um, when we think of this system, when we think of AI and all the systems that kind of are hot topics for the ecosystem right now, there's a lot of kind of, this is too complex for me, I'm never gonna learn it, or if I am gonna learn it, I'm gonna need hundreds of dollars worth of training and certifications and so on and so forth. And having now had the pleasure of sitting down with a few uh, advocates in the ecosystem to learn more about Data Cloud, it's so not as complex and scary as we give it the credit for. So before we dive into that topic, I'd love for you to be able to give a quick introduction of yourself, kind of start off the episode like all of our others where we get to hear about you, your journey in the ecosystem and where you got, how you got to where you are today. Awesome. Well, first of all, Jacob, 
thanks so much for uh for having me on your podcast i think what you're doing is awesome uh especially like such a unique uh focus on on the admin community which is a very critical part of a success of any organization that uses Salesforce, you know, so I think it's really cool what, what you're doing. Um, I'm going to try my best to keep up with all the, the quality guests that you've been having, you know, so, um, so yeah, I mean, a little bit about my journey. So I started getting into programming and computers and an early age and probably like a lot of millennials, I will say, or people my age, I'm 42 now, but <laughs> when I was like 12, you know, I would go to my cousin's house. I'm originally from Buenos Aires, Argentina, and I will be at my cousin's house and we will play um, graphic adventures, you know, in the in the PC. So we'll play yeah. like Maniac, Maniac Mansion, Monkey Island, and <laughs> Indiana Jones, and all the LucasArts, you know, like graphic adventures you know and and spend hours and pull on nighters just just playing you know those games uh to the point where you know you go to sleep at night and then you wake up in the middle of the night saying oh i think i know where to put the key you know to the safe <laughs> or whatever um and i think from from that moment on like i always had an interest in like oh i want to learn how to make these games mm -hmm. you know and that's when the first few classes that I took of, of programming when I was, I don't know, 15 or something were like trying to make games, you know? Um, and then, you know, my first job was when I started college, um, I was 18 and I, I did two things. One was teaching classes at a, at a um, kind of like a institute, uh, you know, that teach people how to, you know, use Microsoft products, you know, how to use Word, how to use PowerPoint and things like that. So I will teach like, kind of like, um, I would say the elderly, you know, community on how to use this, this kind of like how to use a computer. And then I, I will do a couple of programming lessons uh, to people. And then I took a job at the same time to, um, working a, in a software factory programming uh, mobile apps for like um, airports and, and 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 other companies like that. So that's where I started to like get really into programming at the time. And then a few years after later, I started getting more into like web development, you know, and working more on like uh, the agency side, you know, like working, I started working at a digital agency in Buenos Aires, uh, just building websites, you know, like, building websites for different brands and um, building also kind of like, yeah, custom solutions. Well, well, at the time, we're like, we didn't have a, a, as many UI frameworks or already yeah. like put together solutions. So a lot was like, you know, like doing everything by hand, which mm -hmm. which took a lot of time. I wish I had ChatGPT back then. That would be... <laughs> Don't we that all? Would have been, that would have been... <laughs> I wouldn't even have like, um, what is it called? Stack Exchange you know, at the time or, or, you know, stuff like that. So I don't know, it was, it was a great learning experience, but you know, I would appreciate a little more help from the former community, you know, and maybe that's, that's part of the way I think about it. Maybe that's, that's why I, 
contribute so much to the community. Now that yeah. I think about it, it's just the fact that when I was like starting my career, I didn't really have no. a lot of community, you know, to 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 rely on. Well, I mean, at that point, um, I mean, twenty. We're talking twenty years ago. I mean. Yeah, you didn't have nearly as much resources. There weren't YouTube videos, at least in the plethora that they're available nowadays. GitHub was not nearly as popular as it is yeah. now. So, I mean, I can only imagine trying to learn a very complex type of knowledge set with yeah. so few resources at your disposal. I think that's where I had a lot of value of certifications. Like, because mm. I would learn from, from books, you know, and getting certified yeah. meant like you really had to study books and, you know, following best practices, you will follow from like reading uh, software development uh, books, you know? Yeah. So I remember the health, you know, there was a series called Head First JavaScript Development, Head First C Sharp Development, that there were really cool books to learn almost in a trail health type format, you know, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I have some friends that are like old school like me and they're like, oh, we, you know, we, we learn so much from not having these resources, but I'm more like, yes, but at the same time, we, you know, I wish we had a little more, you know, like totally. resources. Um, the one job, one job I had that I, I was there for like less than a month. I remember they didn't allow you to have internet either. So like you had to be in the, on the job without internet, you know, um, we had an intranet, you know, we had like a, the, the, the company network where everything worked, you know, because we were working for a telecommunications company, but they didn't have access to the outside world. So if, if I wanted to Google something to like mm -hmm. look for an answer, I, I, it was blocked. I couldn't. So, you know, like three weeks after that, like, I'm like, I don't have the tools to like, you know, do my job right. And also I was super bored. Because yeah. <laughs> so I, I left, um, but, <laughs> but that drove me to the other job, which is like getting more into like the digital agency world and, and working more with like web development and websites. And then I had an opportunity to, so I went from like being a developer, then I was like a tech lead. Then I got into like kind of like operations, um, project management, tr just trying to help teams, um, you know, uh, with roadblocks that they have on projects and, you know, whatnot. And then, um, and then I had an opportunity to go more into the sales kind of like sales support side for the agency, but do it from the, um, from the office in, in Cleveland, Ohio. And it was a cool opportunity because, you know, I was kind of like the bridge between the, the people that was selling website projects here in the US and the delivery team in Buenos Aires. I was a person in the middle that was trying to, you know, help translate, you know, the requirements and the estimates and make sure that the transition was as smooth as possible with the delivery team, you know, so I, I thought that was a cool challenge. Um, so I worked there from 2000, I don't know, seven until I moved, I moved to the States in 2009 um, to Cleveland. I have family in Florida, my sister and my mom live in Florida, but that's all the, the, the rest of my family is in, in, in Buenos Aires. So, uh, I moved here. I, I had, luckily I have a good group of friends and people I knew here in Cleveland. So that was, it was a good welcome. I think I had a, a good support system and, uh, and 
in 2012, um, you know, the, the company that I was working for got, was acquired and I was kind of looking for a change. And, um, who my, the person who today is my wife, um, we were dating at the time she started a job at, at a, at a part, at a company that was doing projects with exact target. So she started a job as a solutions architect doing projects with exact target. And she said, Hey, we're looking for a technical architect. I think you will like this, this job because it's kind of like you have to be creative. And if you have web development experience, I think you're going to like it. Um, so I, I, I took the chance and I started working in, in with exact target as a technical architect, which it was a little, it was a little bit of a step back of my career, but I didn't, I didn't mind. I, I kind of like, I always like to put, you know, my hands on the keyboard anyways. You had mentioned you went from, again, growing up, wanting to understand the technical around computers, how to create, how to develop, how to, in a sense, think strategically with the solutions you're making. So how was it going from being very tech-oriented into the project management side? I hear a lot of developers, and I'm speaking broadly at this point because you're not necessarily in Salesforce yet, but so many developers I know hate the people aspect of yeah. the job and figuring out how to, especially with potentially a language barrier as well, how are you, how is that process for you going from coding, building, designing into the more sales support, the more, hey, I have to make sure all the pieces are in place to successfully get you what you're asking for. Because that yeah. doesn't seem like a very normal step from developer to kind of people management. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I think I was always curious about how teams work. You know, I think I, I, I'm a big soccer fan or football. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love sports. You know, I play sport, uh, many sports growing up. And I think always was interested in like understanding like what's behind the technical aspect of, of the sport and what's behind like the technical aspect of, of the work, you know? So I was always curious to, and, and I always had like a, like an interest in, in understanding how we can work better as a team, you know? So, um, I don't know. I, th I think it was, it was just that, just cu curiosity and, um, and just, I always liked, um, yeah, try, trying to work in teams and, and how we can improve each other. Um, and then when I started in 2012, like to your point, like I was a developer, you know, like very, very technical oriented. And then when I started in with exact target, I saw this thing and that's where I started learning about CRM. I had no, no idea what CRM meant, you know? and email marketing and all that, especially coming from another country, like email in Argentina was non-existent, like commercial email is like, was like non-existent, you know? Um, even to say like the biggest channel right now on, on, you know, that drives like engagement and whatnot is probably not email, you know, it's like uh, uh, WhatsApp, 
you know, like uh, or, or social media and whatnot. You know, email is used for transactional purposes, really a lot. So yeah, I mean, I guess to answer your question, yeah, it was uh, it was just curiosity. And then when I started getting into exact target, the same, it was like, oh, look, this is kind of like a CMS, but uh, but for email. And then and then I started seeing, oh wow, you can. I I was like a custom like everything was I had to do everything custom right so I was like oh look oh I can write AMScript I can customize stuff so my solutions sometimes were like very creative because they were like, oh no we you know we the the first custom preference centers that I built for clients you know they were like, oh no <laughs> we have this box and I was like no we can build it with HTML I was about to say, you can do so much more so many right. developers who I talk to who want to get into a more kind of marketing sales space I always say hey go marketing cloud because you can take so much of the cool design development knowledge you have and you can now be like a champion for the champion list. Yeah, exactly. So then, yeah, I mean, I, I started there then, yeah, Salesforce purchase exact target and... So what then brought you from marketing cloud into kind of thinking more around taking it forward a little bit to kind of present day, what's gotten you to say, okay, I've... Could, you could have easily just rested on your laurels and said, hey, I'm going to be the best dang marketing cloud developer and kind of leader I could be. What made you say, let's let's branch out into what was then Genie, now Data Cloud. Let's start figuring out how to connect the systems docs. Yeah. So fast forward, like... Seven, you know, like, I don't know how many years there's since 2012 until 2016, I, I started my own company, you know, Devs United. Um, so I can never rest on, like, I, I have like, uh, I'm always like, you know, even when we, when I take vacation, you know, I'm going to rest. I'm like, n- never resting. You know? It's like my, my wife, poor, my wife is like a, a saint. Um, and and I think, you know, it, I always thought Devs United, the vision of my company is like digital marketing power by Salesforce. You know, how can we help, you know, be in the intersection of marketing and IT, but always mar- marketing. Marketing Cloud was, was the first and, you know, we did a little bit of uh, account engagement, not, not a lot. And then the next evolution of that was, okay, uh, marketing cloud intelligence, um, marketing cloud personalization, and then what was the next step for us to evolve as a as a digital marketing agency powered by Salesforce? And it made a lot of sense to to do it with with Salesforce Data Cloud or or Genie or CDP or Customer Three Sixty Audiences, <laughs> whatever whatever name you wanna you wanna give it. You know that is interesting. That I mean, talk a little bit about kind of for the folks who want to go from. Date even even outside of developer like data managers and data architects into the world of Salesforce. Why is going into the marketing space so like lucrative right now, or not even lucrative from a financial stance, just from a from a knowledge and learning and growing standpoint? I guess what is marketing, right? <laughs> I, there there's some there's a point where everything gets so blurred, you know. Yeah. Um, and and I think at the end of the day, I think it's all about how how can we make brands or companies connect connect with their customers and make that connection a value exchange. You know, it really depends on on your role. You know, if if you are a data architect 
You know, I think I think you gotta look at it as I can use uh, something like that that Salesforce Data Cloud to uncover insights about the data that I have of my customers. You know, mm-hmm. and describe them with the data that I have about them. If I if you can describe your customers with the data that you are collecting about them then you can communicate with them in a, in, in, in a more impactful way, you know, and, and make it relevant. Um, I think, I think there is this concept of like true T R U, which is like every experience has to be true, relevant and unique, you know? So a, a product like data cloud allows you to kind of like describe your customer and all the attributes about yeah. them. And then if you are that analyst, you can, you can uncover insights and, and, and massage the data to then let the marketing team activate on it. You know, I think if you are an admin, there is so much that you have to do in terms of um, bringing data in data cloud, um, man- managing uh, data use- usage, managing users in data cloud. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, also like you know that data cloud is 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 part of a core platform in a way. So a lot of I think a lot of the skills that you learn as an admin, you can apply them to data cloud. Totally. You know, um, so I think it really depends on 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 yeah. It's like building a team, you know, that that's gonna manage your data cloud instance. You're probably gonna need like an admin for sure. Um, a data analyst and, and you might or may not need a developer, maybe in the initial stages, but not, not afterwards, you know, uh, but I see more and more, uh, admins taking on the challenge of learning data cloud, because, um, even if you do an initial implementation, someone needs to maintain, you know, you need to bring new data sources or you need to modify the data source, the, the data sources or whatnot. And the tool level is evolving so fast, um, that you need to be learning it at all times, you know? So I like that segue because <clears throat> that's a perfect kind of intro into for a new admin or even admins who have been in the ecosystem who want to get started learning data cloud with the exception of trailhead, because that's always going to be your kind of first go to, to learn something new. What are some of the places people should go to learn more about data cloud, as well as where are some of the kind of skills that admins should focus on harnessing to dive into the work of either being a data manager or a data analyst? Um, so yeah, definitely. I mean, Trailhead honestly like has has a lot of content that we as partners used to study, like you know. Partners have, we have our own like partner portal where mm-hmm. we have material to study for certification, but they have actually moved a lot of our material into Trailhead. Uh, and I think it's really great. Um, I, there, I, I'm going to preface this by saying that there's not a lot outside of Trailhead and the official documentation, but I know like, like for example, one of the things I'm trying to do, I run the Cleveland marketer, marketers group. So I'm trying, I, I did this series of data cloud for marketers, you know, which is like covers kind of like the, the, some of the basics of how you can start using data cloud if you're a marketer, you know, and I try to put those videos in, on my YouTube channel. I know JB who is a, a mark, she's a marketing champion. Um, uh, 
she has a whole like she's doing like I don't know if she finished it or not, but she has a whole like bootcamp, data cloud bootcamp on YouTube that that she's uploading as part of her channel MC Learning Camp. So I think I've seen a lot of like video content lately. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much um, written content, you know. Um, so I mean, yeah, I, there is a lot of actually room for content creators, you know, for data cloud. Uh, because again, the product is, is there are so many features to a product so fast that people are still like learning them themselves, implementing them, and then they don't even have time to say, oh, now I have experience to write an article about it, you know? And the other thing that I noticed is um, this happened a lot with marketing cloud engagement is the documentation wasn't like very, you know, robust, but yeah. the data cloud documentation mm-hmm. is like very, very robust. Oh, there is another one is data cloud decoded. It's like a playlist from Salesforce developers. That's really cool. Um, I will check, I will check that one out, you know, thinking less about the technical, but more about kind of, if I'm a new admin, I'm getting started. Learning it is going to be something we're all going to have to get into from the technical. Are there any kind of soft skills or anything that you would recommend? So to say, I'm an admin, I specialize in XYZ, or I'm an admin who is just getting started, but I come from a kind of project management background or a technical SaaS background. Are there any kind of skills or real world trainings that you think could be really beneficial to help someone more quickly learn up on the technical know-how around it? Yeah, I think I I can't point to a specific resources, but I could tell you, I think having a good, like doing a, a class or a, I don't know, like a Udemy course or something on, on even if it's a basic database design, mm-hmm. I think is for data cloud and for sales cloud. I mean, for an admin in general, like for me, when I saw the first, the first time I, I got introduced to Salesforce sales cloud, I was like, oh, this is like a relational database with a really nice UI, mm-hmm. you know? And that's how I, oh no. So my advantage was like knowing how data relationships works, gave me a good advantage to like learn how to configure the tool, you know? And I think like, if you're an admin that wants to, a new admin that wants to get into data cloud, learning like the basics of um, how to make like an entity relation relationship model. You know, what is a one-to-many relationship? What is a one-to-one relationship? What is a primary key? What is a foreign key? Just learning that is gonna give you so much advantage when you're going to maintain or implement data cloud because one of the biggest things on data cloud is the underlying data model that you know that that everything is normalized on mm-hmm. so if you understand what are the entities and how they relate to each other that's like honestly that's like 50 percent of, of implementing <laughs> it's like understanding the data model you know i think like 50 percent of any implementation is discovery so i'm gonna go with like 50 percent of that is understanding the data model. The second one is um, knowing how to run discovery around use cases, you know, truly understanding how, how you can sit down with IT and marketing and say, okay, let's, let's talk about how, 
you're going to use this tool, you know, and that's something that I think is missing a lot uh, right now is customers even get the free version now of data cloud and say, oh, well, I just want to unify data, you know, and, and, and data cloud is, 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 it can be so much more than that, you know, so if you are an admin and I think I will, I will take a look at the, probably the, the trailhead that covers the business analyst certification. I think it talks a little bit about how to uncover requirements and use cases and, and, and time to value. And I think, I think that's very important because you as an admin need to sometimes get answers out of people, get requirements. And sometimes, sometimes people don't know what they don't know, you know, so having those skills could really help you. But I would say learning just, yeah, like a basic, how to build an ERD and database, that's going to give you so much, so much already. I really, really like that call out to take, take the class around what does this mean and understand requirement discoveries. Because one of the next questions I had, which kind of falls in line with this, is around the integrations and optimization. So to your point around requirements discussions, what are some of the things that admins and data managers should be doing to better integrate the systems into data cloud into Salesforce? What's just mm-hmm. a couple quick things to the admin should be thinking about when trying to integrate in these third-party non-Salesforce systems? Yeah, uh, I will. I will say to that know that Data Cloud is not going to be the system of record, but it's going to be a system of reference. What I mean by that is that not everything has to actually go into Data Cloud for them to like speed out like uh, like data into like like analytics and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, it's actually like you you could bring engagement data from from your website and from your um, and from marketing cloud and then you know massage all that data and then make that data available in something like Tableau, for example, mm-hmm. you know. Um but if you already have like a like a like a data reporting solution that is already consuming all those data sources maybe think about how you can aggregate data from from information that you have in data cloud you know so um i think you know the the, the first thing is i kind of to try to understand what are, what is your tech stack that you you have and what is the responsibilities for each of the components because a lot of times like i think what you uncover when you have marketing and it in the same room is that no, no, we're going to use data cloud to bring everything in and we're going to do all our ETL operations in, in here. And then IT will say, no, no, we have this other tool to do ETLs. Yeah. You know, we have, I don't know, we have Mulesoft or we have whatever to do all the ETLs. What are you talking about? So I think like agreeing on what are we going to use and, and also marketing cloud, right? Like uh, this, this one is a, a classic. It's like, we're going to do all our segments in marketing cloud. And then marketing says, or IT says, no, but we just purchased data cloud. Why, why aren't we doing the segments in data cloud? So then you, you have to, as an admin, right? Or as a data manager, you want to say, okay, let's, let's start with like, what are we going to use each of these things for? Once we agree into that, then you start saying, okay, what data do I need to bring in? You know, but if you don't start with those like top level, like use cases, like what is it that we want to accomplish and what are our value drivers? What is it that is going to drive the difference? You got to start there. Then you're going to, okay, what, what is my map? You know, what are the tools and how we're going to use them? 
and then you start seeing what you're going to integrate, you know, there. That makes sense. Taking it a step further, I think at least a step further, keep me honest. I'm not yeah. the, I'm not the data cloud guru in this room, <laughs> but I talked to a few folks. We had an episode a couple weeks back, um, around AI and we were talking a lot mm -hmm. about the, um, privacy and security around AI and like, make sure you don't input in very important, secure, like PII data into your AI to spit out types of content, because that could be, you know, not the smartest thing to do. Yeah. I'm curious if this opinion and this kind of suggestion changes as we move from AI to data cloud, and kind of what your opinions are, what you are seeing around data security and compliance, and how admins should think about bringing in sensitive information into the data cloud and what you can do with it once it's in data cloud. Yeah. Uh, what a touchy subject. I know. <laughs> but I think the, or the value the like the quality of your output is directly proportional to the quality of your input. That's, that's my, my, my take on it. So honestly, I think Salesforce has put a ton of energy into making the trust layer of AI very secure. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think I, there's not a lot of concerns with, you know, security aspects of it, but it's more about when it comes to you know, data cloud is more about segment generation, you know, so being able to say, I want a segment, you know, that has these attributes, et cetera. Now in the, in the, in the spring release, you're going to be able to do that and generate segments from to use in marketing cloud. Is that amazing? Yeah, it's great. But if you don't have a verification step to say, is this an actual representation of what I'm looking to do? Mm -hmm. Um, if you don't verify those steps, then it's very, I think it's very dangerous because I, I think this tools or these machines are still kind of learning and always it's very, very important to verify when it comes to content it's like super, super hyper critical, yeah. but because we're talking about data cloud, I think verifying the results of these generated segments and also verifying that they're inclusive, you know, that you are including the universe of diverse individuals in your segment, you know, when, when those get generated. Um, so I think verification of those results is, is very critical. I'm not that concerned about the sec what happens on, in the background mm -hmm. in terms of security, but I am concerned also about that if the quality of the data that you put is like poor mm -hmm. or is bad, then your output is going to be bad. You know, it's the same as, as prompting, you know, if, if your prompting is, is not non-inclusive, the output is probably going to be non-inclusive, you know, when it generates an image or, or, um, or, or a piece of content, you know? Um, so that's kind of like my take on this, this whole AI thing. That's, that's absolutely fair. And I, I, that's similar to what we had heard from our, our fun folks, uh, who are on the AI episode, but I like the kind of call out around the security. It's like, Hey, Yes, you need to still follow best practices. Obviously, that's not a invitation to throw caution in the wind and input whatever data you want into the system. But you do yeah. need to be strategic because whatever you get out is what you put in. Um, right. Pivoting, though, to the compliance side of it, <clears throat> I always say when it comes to data compliance, 
same mm-hmm. thing like what you said earlier you get out what you put in if you aren't just not following like gdpr rules or just general mm-hmm. compliance around how you are <clears throat> inputting people's information into your system then obviously yeah you're breaking rules and that's less about the system and more about how you operate with the data but i am curious yeah. and who knows? I may cut this if I don't like the answer, but <laughs> I I do want to ask the question, though, around is there anything within Data Cloud that helps make compliance easier or following compliance easier? Or is it still just kind of a you have to know it and it's a crapshoot? Mm, well, interesting question. So uh, I, you know, I heard one of the directors of Data Cloud a couple of weeks ago say, Data Cloud is not a consent management platform. You know, don't don't use Data Cloud for consent management. Um, and I think is there is somewhat truth about it. I, I always think like you know my answer is always it really depends. So mm-hmm. you know, so first of all, consent management. I think again, Data Cloud shouldn't be this this the source of truth. This the source of truth or system of reference should be, for example, Sales Cloud, right? Yeah. So if you're using Sales Cloud. You have an option to turn on the consent management model in Sales Cloud, um, and it creates all these objects. Uh, you know your party consent objects, and it creates individual objects with all the, you know, the channels associated to them and everything. It is a, like a little nice object a data model for consent, and you can also install like the consent management app in the App Exchange as free, so you can actually record consent at the CRM level. You know. Um, which fun fact, the records that get generated about consent don't count towards your storage quota for objects, but maybe, maybe, you know, your use case, you, you know, you, you require to use like a consent management mm-hmm. tool, like one trust or something and it's not enough, but you, you know, you can do that. So then what you have in data cloud is a very similar entities for consent. So you have the. Um, the, the, all the consent by channel and by category and the reasons of the consent. And you can put like, if it's for GDPR or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So you can actually build your model, but the idea is that you are reading from something. So you're either reading from your, your system of truth, like CRM, mm-hmm. or you are reading from like a one trust where you record yeah. all the consent requests and why you need to send that to data cloud, because when you're activating you need to check if the person has consent to receive, you know, an email or, or an SMS mm-hmm. or whatever, right? So Data Cloud has a nice little model for consent management, but you need to use it in in conjunction yeah. with, with another system. And it gets really tricky actually when you start talking about, oh, but I have preference, a preference entry yeah. marketing cloud. And then I have like this sort, and, and then it starts getting really, really complicated. So if, if you, have you know websites uh, marketing communications you're tracking people on media you're using like marketing cloud personalization all that maybe your best bet is to have like a one trust or one unified way to like control that consent and then you send that data to data cloud if your scenario is more simple maybe you're okay with just storing consent in crm Mm -hmm. and then sending that data to data cloud you know it's, it's a very delicate subject, but at the end of the day, I think the, the go to the best practice in my mind, like approach should be that you are managing consent somewhere else and you're using data cloud to, you know, to map those consent mm-hmm. objects and then 
filtering the, the consent when you're activating, you know? I think that makes a lot of sense. And I like that call out of, you would say it's a reference. It's not the be all end all. And yeah. especially once you start adding in other mediums, if you're getting stuff from events. Um, but I mean, having those mediums outside of just like your website's one trust and being able to say, cool, we're going to put this data in Salesforce. It's going to flow into data cloud, but then having like a one place that houses all of the information, I think to your earlier point from what the director of data cloud said, like it's not the be all end all solution, but I mean, it can help visualize it so much better. And I think that's going to help a lot when it comes to compliance, especially as GDPR rules get, get more strict and as yeah. other countries like the US in time will likely have their own privacy laws that are enhanced and whatnot to mimic that of GDPR. Having that place to house all the information so it's just a one-stop shop of cool, this is where it is, these are all the places it's located, someone said delete, now you gotta delete. Right, yeah. So we're nearing the end of our time. We've had a really good conversation. Loved hearing your background, loved hearing your insights around dating, data cloud for marketers and just data cloud in the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, I want to kind of dive into one of the last questions around just kind of what you think the future is for admins. So I asked this question in that we've seen data cloud, of, especially in the last year, year and a half between not just from a naming side of things, but just from the product itself, we've seen data cloud grow significantly and become this amazing tool that can do so much more than it could three, four years ago. With that being said, is there any addition and any kind of insight for that you would give to admins around why this is a product people should be jumping on to learn more quickly than say, marketing GPT or any of the other new products that are out there right now? Um, so, you know, since I would say Dreamforce 2022, mm -hmm. everything that we've been hearing was data, AI and CRM, you know, and I think Salesforce continues to invest in data and CRM. More, fun more and more functionality is being ported into data cloud. I could see in the future that Marketing functionality is going to start living in, in the data cloud environment. Um, you know, functionality that today exists in marketing cloud personalization, hopefully exists in, in data cloud. It's the fastest growing product. Uh, it's a product that was built using the core technologies of Salesforce. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not going anywhere, yeah. you know, and I think, and I think Salesforce is heavily investing in, in the product constantly and that makes it hard for us because we're catching up constantly you know and then but we are asked also to be the ones that knows the most about the platform but we, we haven't <laughs> even caught up that's 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 an opportunity <laughs> there right um so i think that i could see the lines blurring a lot more you know more, more than ever and if you're an admin mm -hmm. and only working on crm but you start you know, your organizations probably at some point evaluate data cloud, you know, they're going to yeah. use it even if it's a free. So knowing, knowing 
these tools and using it, it's only gonna give you an advantage. Yeah. You know, it's, all, it's all, also the same as we are talking about chat GPT, you know, like people say, no, resisting, no, no, no. If, if you're a developer, knowing how to GPT makes you faster, yeah. you know, it's not replacing you. And this is the same, like if you, I'm gonna coin a term, I don't know if it exists or not, but if it doesn't exist, let's trademark it. <laughs> Full stack admin. You know, I think there's going to be something called full stack admin, you know, that is like, you know, you're an admin for like, for like sales cloud, for like marketing cloud, you know? Yeah. Yep. So as we get into the last, last question of the show, I always ask this question. I try to branch out with a few, but I really like this one in the end. Um, when you're thinking through your journey and you've now had a wonderful journey from non Salesforce into the last probably 10, 15 years being more inside of this ecosystem, what would you say your one regret is that you wish you could go back in time and tell your former self, man, you really should have put more effort into X, Y, Z. What would that one regret be? Wow. Uh, cause I'm a person that I don't know if I think I have regrets, you know, so that's so I'm gonna. I, <laughs> I've had a few people on the show kind of say something to that extent. Like I don't have regrets, and that's absolutely fine. I just like to think of it as for a new admin coming yeah. into the ecosystem, <clears throat> they may be making some of these mistakes. And obviously, it's great to learn from your mistakes. But if you can listen to the podcast and be like, "Oh, this person who's a marketing champion who has their own company who is very successful in the ecosystem says they should have done something differently." Maybe I should take a play out of their book. Yeah. So read the book, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. That will be my, my suggestion. So learning about emotional intelligence at an earlier stage when you are working with other people. Um, and we, when, as an admin, you have to like interact with a lot of team members, it's gonna only give you a lot. It's gonna give you tools that you can use to put yourself in the shoes of, of the other person to be more self-aware of how you're interacting with other people and ultimately focus, focus on what you think is really important for your success. I know it sounds kind of like weird because it's, oh, it's not about learn technical skills. No, it's, for me, one of my regrets is I know having, it's not a regret, but if I, if I could, you know, change something a little bit on my journey will be like focusing a lot more on like the human aspects of working with teams mm -hmm. at an early stage in my career would have given me a lot less stress for me. And I could see that if you're an admin, you're probably dealing with a lot of stress because a lot of uh, frustrations yeah. and energy that people, you know, you absorb it from people. Um, and also like it would have given me focus to say, okay, I need to, this is my, my career. And so I will read, I will read emotional intelligence 2.0. And I will read another book that is called Getting Things Done, which I don't remember the author, but I will read those two books. And you are set. Then then you are set. You are ready to conquer the world, you know. I love that. And <clears throat> it's one of those I'm not gonna beat a dead horse because I say it all the time on the show. It's it's exactly what you said. Go to YouTube, go wherever, but read a couple books on like leadership. Read a couple books on 
how to effectively communicate. There's a going there's I mean, there's so many great YouTube videos on it. There's so many great books on it. So I mean, I'm with you. The I love that's why I also started this podcast. I mean, I started this because I love hearing stories. Yeah. I love learning from other people's life experiences. So whether that's through a podcast medium, book medium, I mean, I've grown so much just in the month and a half that I've had this podcast around <clears throat> to be able to learn from so many other people. So love that answer. And I think a lot of admins can grow and develop from that. So um, before we wrap up, is there anything you want to highlight? Any topic you want to give a shout out to? Or anything you want to plug? Uh, no, no, no. Just love what you're doing. Um, I agree with you. It's kind of like, you know, that you, you do it also for you to learn from other people. I think it's a really cool way yeah. to like learn. Uh, but also like I love that you're giving this, you're giving people a voice uh, to to share their experience. And I think that is a really cool thing that, know well i appreciate that very much we will definitely be chatting more in the near yep. future and hopefully i will see you at one of the upcoming there's a lot of upcoming events so hopefully i'll see you at one of them but i really do appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy day to meet with me so uh have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll be chatting more soon yeah awesome jacob thank you so much for the opportunity and yeah we'll be talking soon And that concludes another episode of Admins of Tomorrow. A special thanks to our guest Pato for sharing their journey and getting started as a Salesforce admin and how they became a Salesforce marketing champion, MVP, and data cloud expert. It was an absolute blast to talk through ways new admins can learn data cloud. And for me personally, coming from a space of being inside of marketing cloud, account engagement, and sales cloud, and CRM analytics, I truly felt validated hearing that Yes, you can learn Trailhead, but there's some other soft skills and things to learn around data cloud and around being a data manager and data analyst that are crucial. And th those are things that you might get with Trailhead, but you can also get through a lot of other different mediums. So thank you, Pato, very, very much for sharing your stories and your journey. If you'd like to learn more about data cloud or becoming a Salesforce developer, there's still time to register for Trailblazer DX. Go to salesforce.com forward slash trailblazerdx to register now or sign up to watch on Salesforce Plus. Thank you all again for taking the time to listen and support the podcast. If you have any feedback, questions, or topic suggestions, as always, we'd love to hear from you. So don't hesitate to connect with us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or email us at info at adminsoftomorrow.com. Again, if you or someone you know would like to be on the show or would like to give someone a shout out, please go to our website, adminsoftomorrow.com forward slash share your thoughts and fill out our form to be on the show. And finally, if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Every review and every listen means the absolute world to us and helps us continue to grow and build out the show for a wider audience. So please share with your fellow trailblazers and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Once again, I'm Jacob Catalano, your host, signing off. We appreciate you for listening to Admins of Tomorrow, trailblazing the next generation.